Praise the Lord this morning. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 15. And uh, we're going to be starting in verse 16. Well, there was one I wanted before that, and uh, I don't remember where it's at. But anyway, uh, thank you all for being here this morning. And uh, we're in chapter 15. We're going to start in verse 1. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you, Lord, for this another privilege, dear God, to stand and to be used of you. Now, God, I ask, Lord, that you will just touch my mind and my lips, dear God, that I may take the, that you may take the words that you give me and speak those words, dear God, that we may feed off of them, dear God, and we may, may learn of you and, and know, the, know your will, dear God. Lord, just have your way and just bless us and use us. For Jesus' sweet name we pray. Amen. John chapter 15, starting in verse 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the husband. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, and it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, Except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except you abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. If a, if a man abide in, not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. We're going to speak a little while this morning about bearing fruit. And what does it mean to bear fruit? In Galatians 5, 22 and 23, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. This is the fruits of the Spirit. If you're bearing forth these things today, you are, you are following after the Lord. You are just exactly where the Lord wants you to be. But there's so many of us today that there's, there's a lot of things that come against us in our life, our daily lives, that we falter a little bit and we, we do things that we don't want to do sometimes. And But in Galatians here, this list describes the evidence of the Spirit at work in our lives. Um, and when we go back a little, little later, we're going to find out some of the things that uh, happens to show that the flesh is in, in control. But both categories uh, require development or a cultivation of certain attitudes and behaviors before they bear fruit. Now, you know, if, if you have either one of them and you're not cultivating them and you're not uh, feeding them, then neither one of them is going to produce anything. Uh, they're, just, they're just there. Uh, and it's, it's, hard, it's hard to just let them lie there and do nothing without cultivating them because if, if we... If we live for Satan and we're chasing after the same things of Satan, we really don't have to do nothing to cultivate what, sa what Satan is putting in our life and what he is uh, showing us that we, he wants us to do. But love is hard. 
It's not, it's not one of the easiest things that we're ever going to do. And it's, it's beyond us. It's beyond our capability to do good. Uh, no matter how, how many of these things that we keep that listed there in uh, Galatians 5, it, it, there is no way that we are, are going to ever work our way into heaven by, by goodness and by uh, loving everybody and by doing all these things. The only way we're going to make it into heaven is have the blood of Jesus applied to our hearts and be following after him. Moving from our own messy attempts at love and all the rest into God's promised temporary functions is a bit like gardening. If you, go on, if you decide one day that you're going, to build, you're going to make yourself a garden, and you go out and you just haphazardly uh, till up the ground a little bit and you don't smooth it out and you don't fertilize it and you and then you take your seeds and you don't even look at what your seeds are and you just throw them out all over the place and water it uh, every once in a while when you remember it and everything. There ain't nothing going to grow. It's, it's just all going to be for nothing. You have wasted your time. You have wasted your money. You've wasted everything. That's sort of like living for the Lord. If you're not going to cultivate all the, the things that, uh, all the fruits of the Spirit, if you're not going to cultivate all of them, then you might as well just forget about all, any of them and just not worry about it. Because we have got to follow the Lord and we have got to do what He wants us to do. And, uh, you know, I've said this I don't know how many times, but if we're going to go to heaven, we have got a a template here before us that we have got to follow. We, we cannot go to the left hand or to the right hand, but we have to follow it to the letter or we're not going to make it in. And it, if, then if we take, on the other hand, if we take our gardens and we pick out our plot of ground and we, we plow it up and we till it up and we fertilize it and, and we do all the things that are necessary before we plant our seeds. And then we plant our seeds and we do them in nice, neat rows. And we know what's in each and every row. And we plant our plants uh, in, in these rows and we keep everything separated. We keep it watered and we keep the weeds out of it. Then stuff will grow. Everything that we planted in there will grow. But we still need to water it, and we still need to keep the weeds out of it. And the weeds is the one thing that grows up in our life that we really need to need to uh, keep after and keep cut down. But uh, what does it mean to bear fruit? Galatians explains the fruit we are meant to bear. This uh, Galatians, what I read to you in Galatians, and what the fruit or works not to bear or works not to do. In Galatians five nineteen through 21, it says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulsions, wrath, strife, seditations, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings and such like of which I tell you before as I have also told you in times past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of heaven point blank you do them you, you don't ask forgiveness for them you're not going to make it into heaven I mean that's just about as, temp, about as 
as plain as it can get. In Galatians 5.22 said, but the, spirit of the, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Those are the ones that we need to cultivate. You know, as I've said before, there's, there's, there's two, two people inside of us. There's the good person and the bad person. And they're constantly warring at each other. You have, you have the spirit and you have the flesh. And they're constantly worrying, warring against it. Whichever one gets the strongest is the one that we feed. And, and if we go back to over into Deuteronomy uh, chapter 27. And we remember when the children of Israel went into the promised land. Moses told them, he said, I want, I want half of you all on Mount uh, can't think of the name of them. Now, on one mountain, half of you on the other mount. And I want the ones on the one mount, I want you to recite all the cursings. And the one on the other mount, I want you to recite all the blessings. There's a lot of blessings and there are a lot of curses in the Word of God. We need to keep up with which one is, is in control of our life at the time being. But Galatians describes the evidence of the Spirit at work. This is what happens when God is in control of your life. You will be in all of these, doing all of these things that are in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But on the other hand, if God is not in control of your life, you will be doing all the things that are in 19 through 21. See, it took, it took two verses to tell all the, all the wonderful things that we're supposed to be doing, but it took three verses to tell about all the things that we shouldn't be doing. Because there's a lot more things that we shouldn't be doing that we are doing. And some of us, guilty as charged, some of us want to let some of those things that we're not supposed to do slip into our lives and go unchecked. And, you know, well, as I have told many times before about my temper and how did I used to have a very bad temper and how did I, uh, I it would go off at a moment's notice and, and the Lord really came down on me because of that. And I had to, I had to forgive, ask for forgiveness from people and from uh, God many times over that. And he, he really got on to me one time over that and I had to really put it in check and now then, when, it, when, it start, when that starts boiling up inside of me, I just stop. And I ask God to help me. Help me to control this. And when I do that, it just it goes away because I'm not feeding it. I'm not cultivating it. I'm not giving it water. I'm not giving it fertilizer. I'm not giving it the things that it needs to grow and to come out so it dies and it withers away. So we need, we, that's the one thing that we need to do is be very careful about what we are feeding in our life. Whether we are feeding the good things, uh, the spiritual things, or whether we're, we are feeding the earthly things. And, we, and yes, you can do both at the same time. Like, I, like my, my uh, anger. I was feeding the spirit, but I was also feeding the flesh, so he was not getting any weaker. He was, he was staying on that even plane of where he was at to the point to where that he could get to me real easy, to the point to where that he could, he could slip in and he could make me do something that I really didn't want to do, and I'd done it before I ever thought. This is the way that he is. So we need to, to not, not feed him. 
put ever put all of our emotions under check. Uh, you know, there's there's so many emotions in our life that are good, and there's a lot that are bad, and we need to differentiate between the two. We need to figure out which ones are bad for us and which one are good for us. And not all, of the, not all of us are going to have the same good ones or the same bad ones. Because not all of us are alike. But when we take the time to go to the Lord and ask the Lord to show us exactly what that we need to know about our lives. What that we need to cultivate in our lives and what we need to not cultivate. And ask Him to really to teach us and let us know exactly what it is in our lives that we we need to be doing or not doing, and he will help us with this. When I finally come to my senses and I ask God, because I felt so bad, I would, I would get so angry so quick and I would go off on people and I felt so bad afterward that I'd have to go and ask, God, ask them to forgive me because of what I'd done. Asked for, in James 5 and 16, it says, confess your faults one to another. And pray one for another, that ye may be healed. The effect, effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That you may be healed. Healed of what? Healed of those things in your life that keep coming up. Healed of those, those, those that anger, uh, that talking about people, that, that, uh, Thing that you have, that you do when you draw a a uh, conclusion about someone the first time you ever see them before you even speak to them you have already drawn a conclusion that they are they are in a class you have put people in in different classes and you see someone and you put that person in a class yes I've done that many times the Lord got on to me about that. And he, he, he reminded me real quick that who is in control of their soul is the one that they can, is the one that they are living for. And God can use a person no matter what they look like, no matter how they dress, no matter how they talk. If we will take, if we as Christians will take the time to tell these people about the Lord and tell them of what God can do for them and tell them about what all he has done for us, where he has brought us from, witness to the people, love the people, then they can turn their life around and they can use their life and their Christianity and, and what God is doing for them to help people that I may never be able to get in touch with, even talk to, much less witness to. One of my worst things was, was people with... Uh, a lot of tattoos and ear and piercings on their body. I, that I, I don't know why that just that just does not. It just I just don't like it. Okay, but anyway, the Lord let me know right real quick that even though they have the tattoos and even though they have the piercings, that He can still use them because they can go out and reach people that I can never get in touch with. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly. Well, you know, one uh, a great pastor, Pastor Scott, I don't know how many of you all have ever seen him, 
but I think he's got tattoos from uh, from tip of his toes to the top of his head. Great pastor, does a great work. Uh, he has a wonderful ministry for the homeless people, and he has a good congregation. So do not do not like me stereotype people and put them in a class just because of the way they look. We're supposed to go to those people. We're supposed to love those people. You know, and I asked God one time, I said, God, how can I love someone like that? How, how can I love someone like that? And that's when he, when he taught me that it's not what's on the outside that I need to worry about. It's what's on the inside. And it's what's on the inside that is controlling their life. And people like that, the people that has the tattoos and the, uh, the piercings and, and dress strange to us and everything, they have been stereotyped and have been made fun of and have put down so many times that it's going to be really hard to get to reach these people. But God said pray for them. We, all we can do is tell them about the Lord. Then the Lord's, that is up to him to Get them and use them the way that he can use them. That's, you know, I've always said this, and I, I believe this. I, I have, don't have any Bible to back it up or anything like that, but just following Jesus' life as he walked upon this earth. There was only two kind of people in, in this world as far as he was concerned. Saved and the unsaved. And that, that's, he didn't look on the people's outside. He didn't look at their occupation. He didn't look where they lived. He looked on the inside. That's what, that's what concerned him was what's on the inside. So if we are supposed to be Christ-like, we need to do the same thing. Look on the inside. Ask God to show us the person and show uh, the per- what is on the inside. Then we need to ask God to give us the wisdom and the knowledge to approach this person, to tell them about him, and uh, so that they may change their life and follow him. You know, not everybody that we witness to, not everybody that we come in contact and we tell about the Lord is, is going to accept the Lord. But we need to be about our job. We need, we need to be on the job 24-7. Anywhere that we're at, it doesn't matter whether we're at, whether we're at home, at the grocery store, at, at Walmart, at church, wherever we are at work, we need to be about our Father's business. Our Father's business is seeking those which are lost, telling them about the Lord and how that the Lord can, can change them inside some, maybe some of them outside, but most importantly, the inside. You know, uh, uh, as Jesus walked up and down the shores of Galilee, he told uh, the men, he said, come and I will make you to become fishers of men. Well, you know, I don't know how many fish that they have caught in their nets over the years because that was, that was their jobs. That's, that was their way of making their living was fishing. I don't know how many fish that they caught but I'll guarantee you that they never caught not one fish that was cleaned. They had to clean every one of them. Them or somebody else had to clean every one of them before they were ate. But yet, we, we want 
uh, as ourselves, we want to clean up ourselves. Before, well, this is just an excuse, but it's a, lot of, a lot of people give this. I have things in my life that I need to get out before I come, and come to the Lord. Well, it ain't never going to happen, people. I mean, you might as well forget it and give up. It ain't going to happen. You need to come to the, to the Lord just as you are. With all your baggage, with all your bad habits, with all the things that's going on in your life, and you need to bring it all to the altar, and you need to lay it down before the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me of these sins. Cleanse me of these sins. Show me the path that I need to walk on and walk with me. Let me put my hand in your hand, and you, you lead me in the path that you want me to go the way that you want me to go. So many of us, we want, to, we want to go to heaven and we want to uh, be involved in the church and everything, but we, we want to have our, our, our earthly life, our worldly life outside of church. And you can't put the two together. God said you'll be either hot or cold. But if you're lukewarm, you're trying to, you're trying to ride both sides, he said, I'll spew you out of my mouth. Uh, he, he has no use for you and Satan really don't have no use for you because you're, you're riding both sides of the fence and you don't know which way you want to but you know we need, we need to, to go to one side or the other and there, there's a lot of churches today that are, are preaching and teaching that and, you know as long as you come in and you pay your tithes and you come to the altar and ask God to forgive you you can go and you can do anything you want to from that time on and it don't work that way. I watched, uh, I, there's a fishing show that I used to watch. I can't remember the name of it now. But anyway, he has different people uh, and he takes them out uh, deep sea fishing. And uh, I seen the previews of it one time and it was a Pentecostal preacher that he was going to uh, have on. So I watched it for a little while. Uh, and uh, they sat down and they were talking before they went out and uh, the preacher, they called him a bishop, but he used to be the guy that owned the charter service, used to be his pastor, and had a, had a huge church, Pentecostal church, had a huge church, and the Lord was working and blessing in a great way. And then for, for some reason, this guy just went totally off the rails, and he started teaching and preaching that um, – Basically, we're all saved and we're all going to heaven no matter what we do because Jesus died upon the cross for everybody's sins and because of that, uh, nobody's going to be saved no, or nobody's going to be lost. Nobody's going to go to hell. Everybody's going to go to heaven because he hung upon the cross for our sins. Uh, but that's not, what, that's not what my Bible tells me. You know, my Bible tells me that you must be born again. You must repent of your sins and turn from your sins and turn from your wicked ways. So, you know, we, we need to be very careful what, what we are feeding and, and how that we are feeding it because it may come back one of these days to, to get us. And, and, you know, talking about that uh, people that believe that uh, they, are, they can live any way they want to and go to heaven, you know, that, that is one of the most scariest religions that I think that uh, I have ever come in contact with. Because these people, you cannot convince them in no way, no how, that they are wrong and they are, they are not going to make it in unless they turn from their sins 
And, you know, I, I, I stand at work and I talk to different people and, and they talk about uh, drinking and they talk about uh, doing all these things. And then they talk about church and, and, and Jesus and praying for people and everything. And I'm standing there like, this is a perfect example of lukewarm. It's a perfect example of lukewarm. And I, I've asked God many times, how do I get in touch with these people? How do I reach these people? And I, every time I do that, I always go back to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They, they knew, the, they knew the, the laws. They taught the laws of God. They, they knew the laws and they taught them. But yet they had their own uh, definition of salvation and religion. And the Lord never, never, he never could get in touch with, uh, never could reach all of them. Never could because they are basically the main ones that was trying to get rid of Christ because he taught against the way that they taught. And he was totally different and he had uh, signs and wonders and miracles that followed him. And they were jealous because that they couldn't get what he had. So they tried to bring him down on their level to where the way that they believe. And, you know, I believe in the Bible. If God's word says it, I believe it. If it don't say it, I don't believe it. So, and the Bible says, you know, you're either hot or cold. If you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. You know, we need, we need to follow after the fruits of the Spirit. Follow after those things that the Lord wants us to do. And turn from our sins and, and quit sinning and, and become a, a child of God and, and follow Him. You know, I've, I've gotten here lately to where I, I ask God, uh, I try to ask Him every morning if I remember it, to, take me, to let me take His hand, not Him take my hand. I want to take His hand and let him follow me where the, I need to go. Emotions. Emotions is one of the things that we live by so many times in this life. You know, and, and it's not so much emotions as in faith and trust in God. Yes, I would love, I would love to get in the center of God's will and, I mean, just feel him all over me 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but... I don't feel him that strong all the time, but I know he's there. I know he's with me. He's always with me. He said, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the earth. So he's there. I talk to him, and there's always this little voice in the back of my head said, he ain't here, he's not listening, and that way I know for a fact that he's right there with me every time that happens. But yeah, sure, I, I would love to be, you know, um, high in his presence at all times i mean just to where he's just all over me like electricity but uh sometimes i i have to go through the valleys and let me tell you something it, it ain't fun going through the valleys but we all have to get there if we stayed up on the mountaintops all the time we get spoiled and 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 we'd get to the point to where that you know that it, that that was all we felt and it'd get old after a while but we have to go through the valleys to learn so that when we get up on the mountaintop, we can praise God for the valley and for what we've learned. Exactly. I mean, let's, let's take America, for instance. Look back on America. All the different uh, viruses and uh,
polio and and all these different things and and the uh, uh, the battle there in Hawaii and uh, uh, the nine one one deal and uh, COVID nineteen. Every time that America goes through something like this, uh, all the broadcasting and everything, it all turns back to people talking about the Lord and going to church and all that. And and somebody was talking to one pastor and he said when things like this happens, like 9-11, he was talking about 9-11, he said when things like 9-11 happens, he said the churches fill up. People come to church all the time. They've got their Bibles, they're, they're coming to church and they're praying and everything. And then he said, after, as time goes on, everybody starts dwindling back out and you get back to the point of where you were at to begin with. Because the Lord has taken care of everything and he, has, he is blessing everybody and he uh, has made everything okay. So now then everybody is, is going back out, live their life the way they were before. Like I said, Christians are real bad about putting Jesus up on the shelf and letting him sit there till they need him, till something goes bad in their life, something goes wrong in their life. They're going through those really deep valleys and everything is just just chaotic and everything. Then they go get him off the shelf and start praying to him, reading their Bible and going to church and everything, and then when everything smooths over and starts getting back to normal, then they, they take him and put him back on that shelf. I'm, I'm, I'll tell you what, I would be afraid to do that. Yeah, I have done it. I have done it. But uh, I would be afraid that uh, one of these days when something comes against me and, and uh, Satan just, I mean, just opens up full war on me and I go, I go run into the shelf to get him off the shelf, he ain't going to be there. Then what are you going to do? So I, I stress very strongly every, every day, read your Bible, study your Bible, pray, pray constantly throughout the day, but pray, I mean, just get away from everybody and everything at some point in time and talk to the Lord for a while and sit down and read his word. You talk to the Lord, you tell him what's going on in your life, you tell him what's going on in other people's lives and ask him to move and then you go and you study his word so that he can talk to you and let you know that he's moving and let you know what you need to do to help these people. You know, uh, it don't don't do me a bit of good to uh, try to help you if I don't know how to help you. If I haven't got the knowledge and I haven't got the, the uh, wisdom of God to help you with, through your problems and things that's going on in your life, I'm useless to you. So we need, we need as children of God, we need to be in God's word, if not for ourselves, but for others. Because we need to know what, how and to go about helping somebody else. How do we go about telling somebody that is lost and out in sin about the Lord? How do we do these things? You know, I mean, yeah, sure, I can, I can tell somebody about God. I can, I can witness to people. But do I really know how to do that to where that they can see that there is something in my life that they won't? See, I've always said this. The one, the one sure way to get to talk to somebody is by living a life in front of them to where you make them curious. 
to where you, they get to the point to where they want to figure out what makes you tick. Why is it that you're always happy and going around with a smile on your face? Why is it that you don't let nothing get to you anymore? What is going on in your life? So they're going to start asking questions. And this is when you can open up to them. Let them know exactly what you, what you used to be and what you are now. Because we all have got a, a job to do. And that job is to minister to others. And proclaim the word to them. The Bible said to go on to all the world and preach the gospel. Proclaim the word. Tell the people about Jesus. Let them know what he can do for them. Let, him, let them know that if they uh, get away from the world and they repent of their sins and they ask God to forgive them, that there's a heaven waiting for them on the other side. We, we tell them about the Lord and then we let the Lord clean them. We let the Lord, we, I, can't, I can't help you into heaven in no way, no how. All I can do is tell you about heaven, tell you about my Savior. Then my Savior is the one that takes control from there and leads you to him. You know, I, I have no uh, Bible to back this up, uh, but I've always, I just imagined this for some reason. But before Jesus came down to this earth, I can just imagine him and the Father sitting on the throne talking. And Father telling the Son, said, you're going to have to go down and you're going to have to be a, a sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice for these people. And Jesus looks over at his Father and said, Father, if I'm going to do that, I need to live among these people. I need to know exactly what it feels like to be these people. I need, I need to feel everything that goes on in their life. I need to know exactly what everything's going to be like. So that's the reason why that Jesus spent 33 and a third years on this earth because he wanted to know what it's going to be like to be me. He wanted to know what it's going to be like to be you. Experience is the greatest teacher that ever was. Anybody have anything this morning? Thank you all for listening.